Hey, this is Brandon J. Clack, and you're tuned into Game Changer. everybody brandon j clack here on all your social media platforms with another edition of game changer i got my first guest in here he is no stranger to america on any facet at all uh he is the proud owner of heart and soul he is the senior pastor of all nations worship assembly of huntsville he has uh the flyest tattoos um he's got on prada boots i mean you know adrian davis is just undefeated adrian davis how are you doing man i'm good man how are you i i'm wonderful i, I mean you good I, i'm glad you are my first guest i mean the very first one first guest on on my podcast <laughs> and uh i thought that for uh, the topic that we're going to have, I thought it was befitting to have you go first because I feel like you've had so many opportunities and milestones in your life that have completely changed the game for you. And so I just I want to jump in and I want to talk to you about the courage to be <laughs> an entrepreneur. Like, how, how did that come about? How did you have the courage to do that? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing for me was to, um, I think with anything, just stop second-guessing yourself. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I forced myself, especially with Heart and Soul. Um, so I had done other business ventures before. They didn't require me to be all in like Heart and Soul does. Um, but for me, it was a, um, it was me putting my boots to the ground. And because I had been at a place of questioning my confidence in every area of my life. Yeah. So I had to make sure that I followed through with this one um, because it was just um, a challenging place for me. So uh, for me, it was just the courage to like step by step, day by day, telling myself every single day of um, I'm real big on affirmations. But so like for me, it was telling myself every day, like, yo, you're going to do this and you're going to be the owner of heart and soul. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to start this. So I think it's just um, holding yourself accountable to what you dreamed or what you hoped and t t turning that dream into follow through. You and said so. something that I thought was pretty interesting. You said that you were all in with heart and soul. And uh, I'm starting to believe that uh, entrepreneurs and people that can start something have, they get the best practice when they start with their relationships. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk to us really quick and, you know, for the people that don't know, about the relationships in your life. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, you know, all of you people that are, you know, trying to send uh, DM applications to get married, <laughs> his father is sitting right over here. So God bless you. He will be approving all of your DMS. God bless you. But, but how about your all in relationships? Like with myself, uh, pastor LeBron apostle, you know, what made you get all in or have you always been a loyalist like this? Uh, I've always been a loyalist. Um, and I'm going to tell you the truth, Clyde, the reality of it for me, is that I can be all in in loyalty, but not necessarily all in in transparency. Mm. And so, so I had to, I had to change, I had to change like from doing like church wise, all in means y'all I'm transparent. I'm going to tell you everything Da 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 da. But in the world wise, like, yo, like all in means I just had your back. I fight for you. Yeah. So 
that's it's a it's a different language that I had to learn and I'm still learning it. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to do the dance of being all in and what all that entails. So for me, I've always been a loyalist, but I was a loyalist to down to ride. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like not down to share my heart. So not Ooh. down to share communication. We didn't do that type of stuff. So like it wasn't like so that's the reason why I believe like how I was raised. I was raised more so to be a man not necessarily to be like a husband or a father or things mm-hmm. of that nature. I wasn't raised in that vein. I was just raised to be a man. Provide, fight, stick up, speak up. So when he talks about communication, transparency, stuff like that. So it's hard. So I have to fight for those relationships to be all in in that aspect. I'm all in in the aspect of me, you know, uh, going to war with you. Yeah. I do that all day long. You know what I'm saying? If there's an issue Yo, I'm there. You know, if there's something that needs to be addressed, yo, I'm there. there. You know, all that type of stuff. So for me, I've always been a loyalist, though. Um, that's just so all in for me is just, yo, like I'm willing to do whatever you need to be done. So is it safe to say that I think we stumbled on your game changing moment is when you're all in something? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, these these podcasts, they'll be a bit transparent. So people will get to know an aspect of you that maybe they didn't already know. Is it safe to say that when you're not all in, the game does not change for you? Like, has your major game changing moments been where you've just decided, you know what, I'm going to give this select people all of me or this business all of me or this mm-hmm. church all of me? Is is that your truth? Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely my truth. And it's something I'm still working to learn. Yeah, um, because as I unpack areas of me then I, that means I have to unpack it and then give it to someone. Yeah. Right. So it is, it's, it's sti- like, it's crazy to say that at 36, I'm still learning sure. to be and to become like, it, it, like, like, I, you know, I just always felt like, Oh, when you get a certain age, like you got it, you know, <laughs> right. it's just like you reach adulthood, you are an adult. Like, yeah. you know, it like, no, nah, it's, it's still, it's still learning. So like for me, the all in factors, like as I begin to unpack certain aspects of me that I begin to give those aspects and I begin to, um, uh, translate that to those that I feel safe with. Yeah. Um, and so I also a game changing moment for me is I kind of open up when I feel safe. If I don't feel any safety or I feel like, you know, this this person is not trustworthy or I can't, you know, they can't hear my secrets and still respect me or whatever the case may be. Um, it it keeps me from being at a place of all in. So I got to ask, it's the million dollar question. It's it's not the only question that I think the general public wants to ask you, mm-hmm. but it is the million dollar one. <laughs> uh, what does it look like in the future with Pastor A.D. being all in with a potential young lady are you looking to get married or do you do you want to do the cabbage patch on (laughs) on your on your honeymoon i mean i did do you know the tootsie roll listen you know when when me and christabel got married i showed her all types of moves that that you know she had just not seen when we were in sin you know because we had a we had a level of moves in sin but when we came over to holiness i showed her like the kabow I just, I, I, where, where are you at relationally? Oh, uh, so for me, I, you know, for a long time, I was at a place of anybody that I encounter, I'd be like, yo, like, this is cool. I don't want to be married. Um, I get to Ever? know you. Yeah. I just, I just got to a place where I was yeah. like, I'm shutting it down. Yeah. Like, and I, I literally like when me, people would be like, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, we'll talk for a moment. And I'd be like, yo, I'm not interested in marriage. Yeah. Um, I like female companionship, but yo, like, 
Nah. Pause to all the religious zealots. It is not a sin to date. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't understand how you would expect a man of God that's single well, to get married and not date. He's not going to just wake up in the supernatural and say, "Ooh, yeah, how about you mind? It doesn't work. Well, like well I, I, I think I think the tightrope walk that we that we have to walk especially as a single pastor, it's like everybody wants you to be married, but nobody wants you to get to know somebody or date. And then if you date someone, then it's you getting to know them and then you get to know them and then they use the information that you learn through dating if sure. it doesn't work to fire back at you or to use it against you later on. So like all of that stuff has created, uh, I, I hate church people. Mm. Wait, in real life? In real life. Jesus. Um, because, because, because I, I feel like I feel like at times I, I said this yesterday in preaching that we are the only army that turns on our on on other people that are in our army. If they fall, if they're wounded, we yeah. kill them. Yeah. We kill them like, yo, let me expose you. And then we call it. Oh, well, I'm just I'm just letting the world know. And I, I, I just I just don't understand that. So judgmental so it, church people make it hard for you to date. Oh man, like super, super hard. Yeah. And then, and and then, and then at this at this juncture, a lot. Lord have mercy. We, you want you? We, We're so, here now. Okay, all right. You're the first so, guest. So, <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I think for me, um, I don't think that a lot of women want to want to explore dating for the sake of getting to know someone. The root word for dating is data. So we're collecting data on an individual to see, yo, if this is compatible, what we have now are, are women that have already got their, their, their wedding mapped out in their head. I'm getting older. I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to have children, all of that, all of those things. So we don't understand a thing of pace. So they really don't want to get to know you. They just want someone to stand in. They want to stand in actor to say, so I do. So you feel like you prioritize pace. Yes, I Did do. You, so I'm, I'm curious because, because I'm not, because I'm not concerned about, I'm not concerned about a wedding. I'm concerned about a marriage. Yeah. Here's where I'm curious. Um, when I came to my pastor, I was already married. Mm -hmm. You're with your pastor mm -hmm. and you're single. Mm -hmm. What does Pastor LeBron say about this? I'm curious. Oh my God! So, like, um, does he check DMs and uh, what is he like? <laughs> he has <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he has for sure. So he's checked DMs. Yeah, he checked cell phones, checked text threads, conversations because I have definitely done dating dysfunctionally. Sure. So, so he tries to keep me sober in that, and then also sober in where I'm just saying, oh, I'm that's a that's my friend. And they looking at it like, no, nah, Negro, you my husband. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times no one tells you that expectation that they may have, but they have it in their head. Yeah. And we may not even have had the conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But one of the things, like, Pastor Brian has always told me he wants me to be happy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whoever's going to make me happy. And I think a lot of times people have in their head, especially like in our context mm -hmm. with you, Pastor Brian, Especially apostle, so they feel like, oh, I know they want you to marry a certain type of person. It's not, and, the truth, and it's yeah. not the truth. The truth is, y'all just want me happy. Yeah. And but I have, but the I, I'm not even gonna say the delay because for a while I was thinking like, oh, it's a delay on me being married, and oh my God, it's you know it's so. And then when we look at the All Nations context, everybody's married but me. I'm the only single. Okay, do you ever feel any kind of way when we do those group pictures? I hate it. You I hate it. I don't want to be a part of any more group 
Group group pictures. Don't put me in any group pictures. And when y'all take y'all little married photos, I'm I'm gonna be the one to take the photo. Okay, I got another question for you. Uh, I've been, I, I hate grew this, up by on the way. Uh, having mixed this. tag team matches. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big wrestling fan. Yes. And in these mixed tag team matches, basically <laughs> it was a man and a woman yeah. fighting another man and a woman. Yeah. When I think about you and Pastor Fanica, I feel like y'all are a mixed tag team. Yeah. That you two will like, somebody's tail. Oh, oh okay. Okay, because I don't want to get canceled on the first. (laughs) (laughs) What is her perspective Uh, on you dating? Is she like the protective mom? I mean, what is that like? No, honestly, honestly, Pasfanica has allowed me to explore date and things of that nature. She jumps in when I think that she jumps in when 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 the habits of my dysfunction show up. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So like, yo, like, AD, you can't do that. Gotcha. This, this is the reason why this turned out the way this did. Yeah. Because of this. And what I love about Pastor Fanique and Pastor LeBron is that, and I'm not just saying this because they right there, but what <laughs> right. I love, what what I love about what I love about it is that they don't, they allow me to be me, but don't allow me to be me. Hmm. Because being me has hindered a lot of relationships. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so they challenge me to constantly become but still allow me to be me. Yeah. And um, and so I think a lot of things that I settled in in my dysfunction. So you remember we you remember we had the we had the dinner and we were in Nashville. And um I was like, you know, I don't I have no desire to get married. I, I'm I'm good. I'm sick of it. I'm yeah. mad, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the apostle was like, he leaned over at the table and said, I appreciate Brie Hey. Yeah. I love your daughter. But the world needs a natural seed of Adrian Davis, and that's going to come through marriage. Yeah, and um, and he was like, "You need to go back to God and talk to God about it." And so, for a long time, um, I've wrestled with God, and a big part about why I wrestled with God was shame. Sure. So, so a game changer for me was to constantly address the shame of past. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? Is that addressing through action? Is that through words? Is that changing old deeds? What what does that look like? So for me, you know, when I said that I use affirmation for business, Mm -hmm. I had to use affirmation for me. Yeah, man. As a man, as because, again, I was raised to be a man, not necessarily raised to be a husband. Yeah. My my grandfather, my grandfather, um, Though in ministry, I never saw my grandfather be affectionate with my grandmother. Yeah. He was a provider. He left He left the house. We would leave the house at 8 a.m. We would eat breakfast. We would leave the house at 8 a.m. We would be gone all day. He would come back at 9. Dinner would be in the oven. We'd heat dinner up. He'd go back downstairs. We would watch wrestling together. Hilarious. We'd eat, and then he'd come upstairs and sleep. I, I never saw my, my grandfather kiss my grandmother. Wow. I was not raised in an affectionate place. When the first time I saw my stepfather kiss my mother, I spazzed on him. You tried to fight him? Yeah. Oh, my God. How many fights have you been in? I don't even know. More than 20? Yeah. When was the last fight you've been in? Wait, you, you can say this on the air. Never you, mind. You, no, no, you, no, I'm about to say, no, 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 we, we can say it on okay. the air. Yeah, I was in. I was living in Nashville. Um, oh, this is before you were pastoring then. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a senior pastor. I was in ministry though. But it. But 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 a guy that was. Matter of fact, it was like right around the corner from where we from Rocket Town. Uh, we, we were on Second Avenue, and the guy was high, like the other guy. Yeah. And um, he was just kind of spazzing out. He was dancing in front of us, and he 
we were like laughing, but we were kind of like off to the side. And it was like a big circle. And then he hauled off and hit me in my chest. And like I looked down because I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like I looked down and then then it went downhill from there. And, so you've uh, had these game changing moments. You've had it in your entrepreneurial ventures. Yeah. You've had it in your relationships. Yeah. Uh, if I were to recap, it seems like your connection with Pastor LeBron, Pastor Fanica has really helped steer your uh, romantic relationships. Yeah. So, and, and, and then also I want to say this okay. on air. Say it. Because nothing. So like as a man, okay. I'm a man, right? You are. Definitely. So, so, so a part of that, even in my dysfunctions of dating, I think people love to paint a narrative that if something doesn't go right, they want to pin it on Clack, Pastor LeBron, Pastor Fanica, Apostle. Mm-hmm. Like they have nothing to do with that. If I did something wrong, I did that as yeah. a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, yeah. so I and and I and I know it's hard for people to separate, but you know, su- successes can be group things, but also dysfunction can be a personal thing mm-hmm. that someone doesn't allow them into a certain yeah. area. So I don't. So I want to make sure we're clear with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I think a lot of times, like, if, if somebody does something and think, and, and usually people don't have an issue until it doesn't turn out the way they wanted it to. So you feel like the public figure never gets to tell their side of the story. Oh, never. No, we're, we're vulnerable as crap. Sure. Because people can, pay, people can paint a narrative however they want to paint a narrative. And if we speak up about it, then we're, they know, they know better. Yeah. They shouldn't have said that. And why they, you know, why, why do they feel the need to say that? And then they feel like if we articulate our side, then it's some form of guilty that falls upon us. But usually because, because in society, the first person to speak up is the victim. Yeah. So we feel like the first person to speak up is right. Sometimes the first person is trying to speak up to get ahead of the truth. So what they try to do is to paint the narrative, to manipulate a mind before they can hear the the reality. How do you cope with that? Is that um, irritating? Oh, it's very irritating because because a part of the reason, I'll be honest with you, Clack, part of the reason why I haven't taken the step for marriage is that I hate vulnerability. Mm. I hate it. I hate the feeling of somebody waking up in the morning and if they in a bad mood, they're going to put me in one. <laughs> I hate I hate somebody texting me and being like, oh, I need to talk to you. And it does something in my stomach. I hate that yeah. feeling. I hate where... My sobriety of my day is hinged upon yours. I ha- I hate all of that. And but what God has been what God has been dealing with me with with the great faith thing. Mm-hmm. He's like it's impossible to have faith and not be vulnerable. Sure, it's impossible. So you're going to have to be vulnerable in certain areas and certain settings, and you're just going to have to trust. Because my one of my greatest fears about marriage is that some I could be being an amazing husband, mm-hmm. being an amazing father, and then my wife just wake up one morning and feel like, yo, I don't want to do this no more. Sure. And I'm like, what? How can I change her mind? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can't. So I hate, I hate that vulnerability, and that's why I honestly believe that that's where God challenges me the most in the area of my in the area of my vulnerability. So, um, so yeah, I, I I hate feeling like I can't speak my narrative or or feel like you know when somebody says something, you can't defend your side, yeah. and everybody else can go around and spew what they want to spew. And if you do the same thing, you're dead wrong. So uh, I've learned through this season to win wars and intercession mm-hmm. and to oh. pray and to, and to really, really, really seek God and not vent to people, but to talk to the Lord. Like yeah. 
you know, so yeah, that's my biggest thing. Right I now. think that's cool, man. I think the game changing moment for you as you're evolving and growing, you know, and Pastor LeBron and, and, and Dr. Stevenson and I talk all the time about you, that you have the most uh, versatile call out of all of us. Yeah. You, know, you can go into so many different lanes and stratospheres and different groups of people. You could be having lunch with Jay-Z one day <laughs> and Jesse Duplantis the next day. I mean, you know, it's from A to Z. And, Jesse uh, Duplantis. I think it's cool that you are coming to grips with your game-changing moments. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I just believe, you know, whoever uh, the young lady is going to be, I, I don't think she'll wake up one day and leave. And if she did, you know, Pastor Fanica just chase her down and run her over with her car or something <laughs> like that. We'll just teach her a good lesson. Or, or your sister, you know. Well, no, my, we don't my, want to my, No, my, my sister, no. No, no. let get her involved. Yeah, she's ratchet. All right, we're getting ready to close out, but uh, talk to us really quick about Great Faith as we're getting ready to go. What what other things do you have coming up? You got any books on the horizon? Yeah, what man. What you got coming? All right, so now since you, now since you said it, um, I'm probably going to drop the graphic for it this week. I might okay. drop it today. I don't know. But um, I'm releasing a book um, uh, called Damage, Damaged Goods. Uh, Damaged Goods. And uh, <laughs> I think I just wanted to kind of cuss right there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, um, Welcome to the podcast. Game changer. <laughs> Where anything can no, change the game. Anything can change the game. Um, but it's called Damaged Goods. And um, the subtitle is Who Would Want Me This Way? And mm. so uh, a big part of that battle, you know, um, so that are, that are released January 2020 uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, and, uh, so we're in the middle of a great faith campaign, eight weeks of extreme faith, believe in God for what we don't see. Um, so what we're doing is that we're partnering our seeds every week. So an additional $20 above our tithe offering. And then we wrote on the card what we're believing God for. And one of the things is, um, because, um, through the past, you know, over a year or so, you know, I've had loss after loss after loss. Mm-hmm. And with that, it has hit my confidence in so many different areas. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I wrote down on my card that I'm believing God for is to get my confidence back and to go into a new realm of confidence. Yes, and so, um, and so, um, so we're just believing God with extreme faith that God is going to do it over the next eight weeks. Yeah. I believe it's going to happen. If you're anywhere close to Huntsville, Alabama, you're crazy for not being at all nations. Huntsville with and it is. Uh, as we get, um, we're done. I'm going to just call out like five or six names. All right. And you tell me one word to describe them, how, how you view them, how you see them. <laughs> this is funny. You ready? Yep. Kobe Bryant. Baller. Denzel Washington. Uncle. <laughs> I call Denzel my, my, my imaginary uncle. Snoop Dogg. We. <laughs> Chris Brown. Performer. Um, T.D. Jakes <laughs> Thinker Rihanna Fine Alright <laughs> Well thank you all uh, For being on This edition of Game Changer I hope that you check out Pastor A.D. Tell them where they can Follow you on social media Yeah follow me on social media Adrian Davis now You can uh, find everything On Adrian Davis now uh, Yeah on any platform YouTube Uh whatever Facebook Instagram all of that good stuff this was your game changing moment with Brandon Clack we'll see you next time